I'm Helen Rabello. Welcome to the Turning Point Project. I believe that when you face a big transitional moment in life, you have to learn how to transcend your fears and honour the process, even if it gets messy in the middle. In this project, inspiring conscious creatives and entrepreneurs share their stories about how they used a turning point to move from a life that didn't fully fit to living in a more intentional way despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and take a step forwards through your messy bits towards your more magical life. My guest today is the absolutely phenomenal Esther Nagel, who is a yoga teacher on a mission to help people breathe more fully so that they are equipped to deal with all the things that life throws them without needing to become anything they aren't or change anything other than more consciously breathing. Esther is a phenomenal woman. I'm really proud of the fact that I had a role in her identifying what was really important to her. I'm really thankful for our friendship and I'm really delighted to share her insights with you because she is so wise. She has so much to say and there is so much valuable information in this conversation that I think you'll absolutely love. So make yourself cosy and enjoy. On today's conversation, I am absolutely delighted to have the very, very lovely Esther Nagel having a conversation with me about turning points. And um, and I invited you, Esther, because you are one of the most refreshing, real, uh, honest people I know. And you just have... You just have an amazing capacity to share your experiences, and I just thought it would be really wonderful to invite you along and and see what see what you had to share in relation oh. to one of your turning points. Oh, well, thank so you. welcome! Can't <laughs> be crying already, Helen. Oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And contributing. Well, this, 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 this is, I'm so excited. I really am. I was so pleased when you invited me and it's a real honour to be part of this. Thank oh, you. thank you. Well, it's an honour to have you. Mm. Um, so, so we're talking about turning points. And um, when I first sent that idea your way, what did something significant pop into your head? Was there something immediately came to you what are your kind of feelings around it but part then my first thought was oh my god yes uh, <laughs> I, you 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 offered it you said you know, sit with it and see how you feel and, and I'll send you some information later in the week but by the time I finished writing the oh my god yes I was already sold um because I love I love the idea um of celebrating the turning points because I know, and, and then, you know, this is where I started thinking about it, and the turning points that we experience in life are normally the bits where life feels the hardest and where things are the most challenging and where we feel the most stuck. Yeah. But actually, when you look back, you then see that it was this really significant turning point where things change, and, and it cha- things change, and, you know, life is never the same again. But normally almost always we come through it we come through it stronger in some way we come through it wiser and and those turning points become not the places we were stuck they were the places that we stopped a while and learned something yeah yeah beautifully expressed Mm. yeah and if anybody has a lot to say about what they've learned it's you (laughs) (laughs) yeah you've shifted so, points along so much in your life, as have we all, of course. Yeah, yeah, so changes. <laughs> so can you, um, we'll get, we'll kind of share a little bit, you know, a bit later about where you are now, but can you 
Can you take us back in time to before you got to the particular turning points you were thinking about sharing today? Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I wouldn't like to say that I am the epitome of calm, peaceful, tranquil living these days, because I'm certainly not, but I am in a much better place than I used to be. I used to be um, fairly highly strung, to say the least. Um, uh, the basket case would have probably been a more accurate. <laughs> um, I was in, I spent like over 20 years in absolute turmoil. Um, basically, I, um, I was just, I just seemed to, I think I basically spent at least 20 years of my life in flight or fight. I, 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 at least 20 years, I was living this high stress life which didn't seem like a high stress life because it was my normal and it wasn't that I had you know a high stress job or anything like that I just seemed to be able to I just seemed to always be in some difficult challenging situation and I know that I know that that came from what was going on inside me which was a lot of self-loathing and a lot of shame and a lot of not feeling like I was good enough for any of the things that I was trying to do in my life. And I dealt with that for 20, well, I started smoking when I was 17, despite being an asthmatic. Um, I started drinking very heavily alcoholically, although I didn't realize that until I was 41. Um, When I was 19, I started smoking weed I started taking lots of drugs there was lots of trying to find myself worth in the arms of complete strangers um always trying to find my sense of who I was out there in the world and when I couldn't find it numbing as much as I possibly could um and because I had these tools that I turned to people thought I was just a bit of a fun-loving party animal you know I drunk and make a lot of fuss and and make a crazy impact wherever I went but and so people didn't realize that and and I didn't realize that actually I was really struggling with life I I would would wake up in the morning and some mornings I'd have to try and piece together the night before or I'd, I'd be lying there thinking god who did I upset last night and I actually lost friends because I would convince myself so much that I'd upset people that I would never actually face them again. So I actually, oh, because I was so convinced I was this awful person who said terrible things, done terrible things. And I probably hadn't in all honesty, you know, I was so steeped in shame about who I thought I was that I just let people go from my life, Uh, which doesn't help when you're trying to, create a good impression of yourself to yourself so that was my life for 20 years you know I I, outwardly I looked like I was doing okay in a lot of ways Um, you know because people thought I was just into having fun um, I managed to get a degree I was a mother I had a job I, I didn't really hold down a job for very long I get very you know, I like to keep moving. I don't like to stay doing the same thing for very long. So I moved jobs lots, but I was able to get good jobs and hold them down and work. And so outside, I looked like I was doing okay, but inside, I was just a mess. I was an absolute mess. And what have we done? To five years ago. So five years ago was was basically a turning point year for me when it was the kind of year where. Looking back with hindsight, I see it as whatever force it is that helps us through life, whether it's, you know, my higher self or God or you or whatever it is. I don't have a word for it, really. But it was just like, okay, right. If we do this, will you stop? Will you listen? Will you pay attention? No, no, you're not listening. Yeah, right. What about if this happens? Will you stop? Will you pay attention now? And it was just these constant things that were just beating down on me. So I got to a point where I was on my knees and I couldn't keep going any longer. And I had to just put my hands up and say, okay, I can't cope anymore. And I, I just fell apart. I had a complete breakdown. And that breakdown just felt like, agony and it was you know for a couple of months I dealt with it the way I dealt with every other emotional turbulence in my life by getting drunk by smoking lots by crying lots shouting at the kids 
being a real pain in the backside to anyone that would spend any time with me. And then, and then I sort of started to think, no, I need to do something else. You know, I can't carry on like this. I'm going to be dead within a year if I carry on like this. Yeah. And so I took a little bit of stock of my life and started to make some changes. And this is what we're probably going to talk about next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh, thank you for sharing that. Do you know what? I can relate to so much of that. Not, not to the same extent, but I can definitely relate to a lot of that. And I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this will be able to as well. Because, um, yeah, I can relate to the elements of sort of numbing and, mm. um, you know, being a bit of a party animal, but holding it all together on the outside. Yeah. There's people that know the truth. They kind of see yeah. it, they just don't know how to tell. There, there are so many people who do that there was there was somebody that I knew um she was I really I envied this woman's life so much she was um, a a rock journalist she got to hang out she got to go to the parties she got to go backstage she got to she was a photographer she got to hang out with the rock stars and I envied her life so much until I started to read between the lines of her Facebook yeah just how unhappy she was yeah and five years ago, she took her own life. Oh my goodness. That was part of my waking up, the realizing that actually what she was living a very different kind of life to mine, but I wanted what she had. I aspired to that lifestyle. And she was actually doing exactly the same thing that I was doing. She was using all of that, all that high energy, all that high adrenaline, all, all that numbing was all to hide the fact that she was screaming inside. And it, it just broke my heart to, when I realized how unhappy she was. Yeah. I was so caught up by this part. I was so caught up in my own stuff that I had no idea. I could see what was happening. I could see where it was going. But I had no idea how to step out of my own stuff that was raging around me at the time and, and reach out to her. I didn't know what to do. And I've often wondered if I had said something would I probably wouldn't have I'm sure that I wouldn't have been able to do anything to help her but you know it just it really shone a light on just because somebody looks as if they're happy Mm. it really and especially if they are living that kind of lifestyle they are the people you probably need to be paying the most attention to Mm. yeah it's a big show of being happy yeah that's a must. That's not necessary. You know, happiness is not is not something you need to project out into the world, is it? It's, yeah. it's, it's just there. And if you are making a big show of, oh, I'm partying, I'm doing all this, then actually maybe, yeah, maybe somebody needs to make you a cup of tea and have a chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. It's um, I've never thought of it like that. Thank you for that. It's um, it's quite interesting to to, to reflect on that because it's. It's like the people who are shouting the loudest, essentially, are the ones you've got to worry about. And actually, in my former life um, as a radiographer, when you dealt with anybody in trauma, um, particularly any kind of potential head injuries or anything like that, the people that were the loudest, the shoutiest, the most aggressive quite often, uh, especially if that was out of character for them, they were the ones you had to worry about. Right. With children, it was the kind of the opposite. It's the quiet ones you had to worry about. If a child's really hurt themselves, they go really quiet. So, yeah, but that's a whole other story. Um, so, yeah, interesting. So, so, so was there anything um, that, that triggered you getting to that, that point where you started, where you kind of put your hands up and, um, and finally caved in and admitted Mm -hmm. that you weren't happy and you just you just went into this what what I don't even know if you would have recognized it as a breakdown at the time yeah I don't think I did um it was a succession of things it was um my mum was ill and I had um a year well since the beginning of the year from till the summer just constant um, stuff going on in work, stress about my job, about my job security, the organisation I was working on. And then I moved to another job where I felt sort of my depths 
It was terrifying. I was constantly waiting for them to fire me because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, And I was too scared to ask because I was already so low by this point. I didn't have the confidence in myself to say, actually, do you know what? I don't, please, will somebody explain to me what I'm supposed to be doing here? I don't know. Um, And I had, um, so my my mum was ill and I had that going on. And my brother was ill and I had, the most horrendous breakup and separation and all the stuff that goes with that with my ex and we were fighting over our son and just and I spent two years being kind of oh I'm emotionally abused so I was already you know, quite low in terms of my self-esteem and my trust of the world and my trust of my own judgment my trust of I was quite paranoid um and I just really—I was in a—I was in a terrible state. You know, I, I was just—I—I I didn't know which way was up really. Um, and I just got to a point of I cannot because I wasn't sleeping. I was drinking too much. I was smoking too much. I was basically relying on coffee to get me through the day and wine to get me through the night. Both of which were feeding the need for each other. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I just hit this wall of, uh, I, I can't do this anymore. I just wanted to check out of my own life. You know, I didn't want to kill myself. It wasn't, I can't live anymore. It was just, I don't want to do any of this. Yeah. <laughs> like be able to just take myself off and put myself away from everything. And so I quite logic, you know, I looked at like, well, the only thing I can do is give up my job. I can't separate myself from any of the other stuff but I can walk away from my job and worked out that I could just about manage on income support yeah from nearly 30 grand a year down to income support that was a bit of a a bit of a cut in income (laughs) but at that point all I was spending my money on was wine and cigarettes and bloody marijuana anyway so it wasn't as if I was doing anything constructive with my money (laughs) so I, I did that and I I it felt like that was a constructive move forward, which which I know it was. But at the same time, it also kind of allowed me to sort of surrender into what I then realized was actually I'm falling apart. This isn't even about not being able to get up and be in work on time. This was just, it was once I took work out of the equation, yeah. I felt the same. I was like, oh, okay, all right. I, okay, help. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, you know, that that it was. I mean, it was it was it was actually a, a Queens of the Stone Age song that triggered the the, the breakdown really. Um, and I will always be so. I love that band. I absolutely. Uh, there's those and the Beatles, just the best bands ever. And this one song that I I'd loved since it came out, and I kept playing it again and again and again and again. And this one night, I listened to the words of it, and the song is called "I Appear Missing." And in this flash, I thought, Shh. all kinds of words came into my head. I don't want to swear on your podcast, <laughs> but I just thought he's singing about me. This is how I feel, and I hadn't realised. Oh my goodness! That I felt like I was missing from. Yeah own life and it was such a shock I just sat there and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and it was two weeks after that that I gave up my job because that song had actually it was like it had opened a door in my head and I realized just how little I was actually managing and how little I felt connected to anything um and just how how absent I felt from everything in the middle of it all and suffering hugely because of it so it was, it was, I mean, that's such a, it's such an incredible song. And I, I saw them play it live a couple of years ago and I cried the entire Oh, bless you. I bet you did. I was absolutely overjoyed to hear it. And I just sobbed from the start to the end. <laughs> wow. Music is so powerful, isn't it? Oh, it, so, it so really powerful. is. It, it really is. I'd be lost without music. Yeah, same. Absolutely. I absolutely would. <laughs> so how did you... Um, how did you begin a, going about, uh, you know, kind of picking yourself up from that that point? Did you approach it logically, or did you just let things unfold? I, I don't do anything logically. <laughs> I kind of knew what the answer to that probably would be. <laughs> to be fair, 
if I could approach life logically, I'd be, I'd be living. <laughs> but no, there was no, what I did, the, the one logical decision that I made was, um, I mean, bearing in mind, I had no money. <laughs> so it wasn't entirely logical. <laughs> but I'd wanted to be a yoga teacher. I'd wanted to train to be a yoga teacher for a few years. I'd be doing yoga. Um, I started going to yoga classes as an attempt a few years back to reduce my asthma while not giving up. Ah. I was like, I learned to breathe, then I can carry on smoking. Yay! <laughs> and I loved yoga. I'd absolutely fallen in love with it. Um, and I remember, I think it was about the second or third class I went to. I went up to the teacher at the end of it and I said, right, one day I want to be a teacher. Can you tell me how to do that, please? Awesome. Thinking it was just going to be, you know, I just want to be a teacher. You know, I'd be a teacher. And I'd spent quite a long time trying to find teacher training courses that I could fit into working 95, being a single mother and being able to get to and afford life. And I'd never found any that worked right for me. So... After, while well, I was like right in the middle of all this falling apart, I'd watched the whole of Breaking Bad in about a fortnight. I can't remember any of it because I was so drunk all the time when I was watching it. I just binge watched TV. I painted my kitchen and then promptly decided to move house. Um, and then I spent the whole next two months packing up, moving and, you know, doing all that because that's what you need when you're in the middle of a breakdown. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> And then at some point, I remember being in the kitchen, and I think I was probably packing to move while I had this idea. Like, like I think now's a really good time to be a yoga teacher because I, I gone through kind of thinking, right, well, I need to earn something. You know, I do need to do something. Yeah, I didn't want to go on job seekers allowance. I didn't want to have to deal with the DWP. I figured, you know, I'd end up in jail or something at some point because I punched somebody. Um, so I wanted to do something else and. In my naivety, I thought, yay, self-employment, that's the answer. <laughs> that's the way to a stress-free life. Um, so I went through a bit of I was going to be a web designer because that's the sort of thing I was doing at that point anyway. And then uh, actually, I really don't want to do that. I wanted to be a yoga teacher. And at almost the exact same time, talk about serendipity, at almost the exact time I had that decision and started looking, a yoga teacher I'd never heard of but it was at a studio 25 miles away from my house, started promoting her first ever teacher training course. Wow. And so I got in touch with her and I put my name down. I ended up having to apply for a loan from um, a social enterprise that supports people who don't have any means of getting funding from anywhere else. And they helped me to pay for the course. And I, I put my name down to do this teacher training, this yoga teacher training. And, and it was weird because almost as soon as I made that decision, I felt something start to untie in me. And after a very drunken Christmas, I decided I wasn't going to drink on my own anymore because I was doing that a lot. And I was starting to look at myself a little bit and recognize what was going on. It was a long time before I was able to accept the word alcoholic in life in any way. But I could see that drinking on my own really wasn't helping me. It wasn't probably the most healthy thing I could be doing. So I made that decision and I was able to stick to that decision that I would stop drinking on my own. Did invite friends around quite a lot. <laughs> Found reasons to be Found a loophole. But I stopped drinking on my own, and that was really significant because I've been doing it a very long time. And that was, and I think looking back now, that was, you know, that was a clear sign that I'd made a really powerful decision there. That that decision had enabled me to do that, and I hadn't even started the course, and already it was kind of working its magic on me. So I was, I wouldn't say any of it was logical. Um, I don't really, I, 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 I will overthink my way out of any logical decision. So I don't end up doing it. But the ones that's, that's one of the decisions I made in a, in a, in a moment that has actually turned out to be the absolute right decision. Yeah. So it's almost as though when you, when you make those kind of instantaneous, almost snap decisions, you're accessing the truest part of yourself before your head. Yeah. 
in the way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they don't always turn out to be the right decisions. Of course. Or <laughs> many, <do they>? times, <laughs> many times my spontaneous actions have got me into a lot of trouble and made things really bad for me. But sometimes they are. And so and and I've got no way of knowing until, you know, it is just that I just gotta act and see what happens. Yeah. If I put too much thought into things, they tend not to happen. Yeah. And so as I was listening to you sharing that, and thank you for sharing all of that, um, one of the things that strikes me is that there is this theme of, um, it's almost like your your energy wants to keep on moving, keep on moving, keep on mm. moving, keep on moving. And, um, and, and, and serendipity, when serendipity stepped in <laughs> at, the, at the right time, it was kind of like, it almost capitalized on that that desire you had to maintain momentum mm. came along at the right time so you could just take action on that and um so how long was your yoga teacher training for was it a, it was a year well, it was 13 months okay 13 months of um monthly weekend no it's a whole weekend training once a month and daily practice i didn't always do the daily practice um I, I, I struggle with anything I have to do every day. I don't do routine. I don't do structure. I'm very much the ADHD type that I've recently discovered myself to be. Uh, desperately need structure, terrible at maintaining it. Um, but I did enough of the practice that it actually had a hugely profound effect on me. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't just come out of that with a teacher training certificate. I came out of that training a completely different same but different person you know my my obviously my integral who I am is still the same but completely different way of looking at the world of looking at myself and of living my life yeah and some very significant changes happened as a result of that um it was an incredible it was an incredible 13 months I learned such a lot um love to go back and do it again and see what would happen if I did that again that 13 months again love to see who the me I am now would actually what I would learn about myself in another 13 years of study I'm sure it would be as significant absolutely yeah absolutely I mean as you know I that it was during that time I think six months into the training that I was able to stop drinking and stop smoking yeah um and I haven't look back since then you know four and a half years of sobriety and that's all thanks to six months of yoga really powerful stuff um so yeah it would be really interesting to see to see what would happen if I could do it again yeah no definitely (laughs) (laughs) I can relate as well from my training yoga training and other training Mm. um so when you came out at the at the end of your yoga training do you think that you had by then rediscovered a sense of your own self-worth or, or, or had, was it more a case of sowing the seeds for you to grow into more awareness of that? Or is it a journey you're still very much on if you're anything like me? I think it's a journey that I'm going to still be on until I take my last breath. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. Um, I, it, so you asked if it was a renewed sense of self or planting seeds. Well, I think it was actually both. Um, yeah. I think I, through through the practices and especially learning to breathe, um, learning to breathe just changed everything for me. But also the self-studying, you know, looking at myself, looking at my patterns, looking at my life and connecting a lot of dots in my life that I had never connected before, seeing where behaviors that I exhibit now were planted in me when I was a child or when I was in my teens when I was you know different ways that things that happened in my past are still echoing down the years um so and I came to this place of actually understanding myself a lot more and I think once you can understand yourself a lot more then you can automatically find a bit more peace with who you are because you know I'm the way I am and I drive myself crazy most of the time because I'm an infuriating person to have to be a lot of the time but I can understand now where a lot of it comes from you know I 
that things that hurt me when I was young or when I was in my younger, um, that I'm still carrying that. You know, that didn't happen when I was 20 and then it stopped happening. It's carried on through the years and I'm still healing the wounds and I'm still burying, you know, I've still got those scars, whether they're healed or not. A lot of them aren't healed yet. It's still healing. And so when you can look at that, you know, if I was, I can look back at my 20-year-old self now with the compassion I would show to another 20-year-old who's going through what I went through, changes everything. So things beating myself up about for the last 20 years, I can actually forgive myself for now, whereas I was never able to do that before. I've been blaming myself for the last 20, 30, 35 years, you know, things that go to... You know, the time I was mean to my little brother. <laughs> just letting it all go and then just, it happened and forgiving. So I, I was able to find that place of self-forgiveness, which changed a lot. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. Because there's a lot to hold on to, isn't mm, it? Yeah. And there's still stuff coming up all the time. You know, it, it is, it's a never-ending journey. And everything that happens, every person you meet, every relationship you have, everything that happens will as they know they say don't they you'll keep learning the lesson until you you keep experiencing the lesson until you learn it so everything as a potential lesson yeah you can learn a lot quicker (laughs) and move on a little quicker but we never stop learning no i agree point of life is isn't it yeah yeah keep evolving if you stop learning and stop evolving then i don't think you'll really live it you might be getting through each day, but if you're not looking back and reflecting and, and looking at how you can do things better tomorrow, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm with you there. It's, like, it's that, um, that whole phrase, intentional living, it's become a bit of a buzzword now, but mm-hmm. it is, it is definitely about, well, it's just being present in your day, isn't it? And yeah, and, ask, yeah. and kind of asking yourself why you're doing things or watching yourself or um, I think the biggest, the biggest things I'm hearing from you in terms of your realisation, apart from forgiveness, it's also about awareness and acceptance. And, um, and I think you probably have to embody a lot more self-love than you realise to be able to. <laughs> to have have those things in your life yeah yeah and that's sometimes challenging yeah of course and it is it's something you have to consciously do isn't it because it's easy to think oh god i messed that up oh i'm such an idiot oh blame yourself when you make mistakes and but if you can you know everyone makes we all make mistakes you never learn we don't learn unless we make a mistake if you just do something and you get it right first time you're not learning how you got it right you only learn when you get something wrong or when things don't work out the way you wanted them to and you can look at it and reflect on like okay so what did I do and how could I have behaved differently and how could I have and it's also a lot about learning about how much you can and can't control in life of course very much so I know that I spent a lot of a lot of time wanting to control everything around me and I didn't realize that was what I was doing but I very much wanted to control everything around me. Couldn't control myself, I think, so I would try and control everything, everything else. me. Yeah. And actually, that's that's not, you know, you can't live like that. Can you? No. <laughs> it's never going to work, <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's not ever going to work because, you know, you have the inconvenience of, of everything else around you that isn't, doesn't really know it's being controlled or that we resist wanting to be controlled. And that's a yeah, that's a really powerful lesson. Is all you can do is show up, and you yeah. do. And if things work out the way you want them to, then great. And if they don't, well, you showed up and you tried and you did the best you can. And maybe you could have done something differently, but also maybe there were circumstances you can't control in life. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> wise, wise, wonderful words. <laughs> So, um, so what do you what do you love the most about where you are now? What would you celebrate about where you are now? Right. What's what's made all those sticky points worth it? Like that. Sorry, that's three questions in one. But you know, you get the gist. <laughs> <laughs> so, at this 
precise moment in time. I'm I'm really I'm really celebrating breathing at the moment. And not just, you know, not as, as in I'm still alive, but I've been spending a lot of time recently just sitting and, and, and breathing and using that, allowing that to calm me because I've been going through some stuff. And realizing, remembering, reminding myself how much that helps because that was actually the turning point I was going to talk about was about when I learned to breathe Mm. actually it's 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 been a thing that's sort of punctuated everything it's not a turning point so much as it's it's a way marker yeah um so just and that's the most simple thing and celebrate your breath and that's what I love now is that I'm really connecting to not just the fact that I'm breathing not just the fact that I don't smoke so I'm not hurting my lungs anymore but how much peace you can have in just taking that time, letting go of whatever is clogging up your mind yeah. and breathing. And then when you return to the things you want to do, everything flows much better. You know, I find that spend a little bit of time sitting on my yoga mat or sitting on my bed or sitting on my bolster and just closing my eyes and, and going inward a little. And then I come to my notebook on my laptop and I just write and, and then it, it's that's where I find my truth I think is in there and I think that I'm realizing there's so much power and, and it's taken me I mean I've, I've been talking about the breath I've got the tattoo on my wrist to, to remind myself to breathe but I think it, it's at the moment, right now I'm really celebrating it because it is keeping me grounded. It's and it's helping me to get over all the the inner critic stuff. Yeah. And I want to write something before I'm sitting down to write now. I spend a little bit of time just grounding myself, getting that clear breath, that clear mind, and then writing. And the inner critic's still asleep. It's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> so I'm finding it easier to write. I'm finding that the stuff I'm writing is working better and I'm enjoying it. So writing is more pleasurable at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I've also recently, I, I, last week, I had the most joyful experience of teaching a class of six and seven-year-olds yoga, which was wonderful. Awesome. My past meeting, my present, because I trained to be a primary school teacher years ago. Um, oh, I never knew that. I, yeah, I spent wow. four years trying to be a primary school teacher. And then four terms of supply working classroom assistant put me off. <laughs> no, 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 that's not for me. But um, it was beautiful. It was just the most joyful. I, it was an hour and it was the best fun and it didn't feel like work at all. And it was wonderful. So uh, oh, I, love that. I, I mean, I love, I'm loving that I'm able to get yoga out to more people that, you know, people in they are here locally where I live are starting to know that I'm out there and that I can offer this to all these different groups of people. And it is, it's wonderful. So I'm thoroughly enjoying the work I'm doing at the moment. I love that. Sharing the gifts of yoga. Far yeah, away. yeah, I'm breathing. I'm breathing. I know, like, we, um, we did a little bit of work together, didn't we? And, and breathing was the, was the big uh, thing that you honed in on. And mm. uh, what I love it's about always... that is the word breathing in is, it's like, yeah. it's, it's inspiration, isn't it? You take mm, Yeah. And it always is. When I come back, to, I did some work with um, Dale, who you know, Dale Dodd. Yes, yeah. She had me doing that ikigai, that thing where you oh, work yeah. on one thing. Yep. I came down to breathe. I want to teach people to breathe. <laughs> and so that's not gone away since we talked. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because it's just breathing yeah. life into everything. Yeah, yeah. And and if you can learn how to control your breath, you can can you can you can control everything within yourself that needs to be controlled that is, you know, you can control your emotions, you can manage your emotions. And that was when I did my yoga teacher training, that was the biggest factor for me. I'm sure being able to, I I had to give up dairy because I got a dust allergy. I couldn't breathe through my nose for most of my life. I gave up dairy products, which cleared that blockage. Yeah. So I could breathe properly. And that was actually the turning point that I was going to hone in on before we ended up having this conversation that's <laughs> taken us in so many other different directions. But that was the moment I was going to hone in on was that being able to breathe properly. That, you know, when you, you take your first breath when you're born and then this, the rest of your life, you just don't even 
notice you're doing it yeah. and being able to actually breathe properly that changes your life yeah no it's true yeah. very much it really so. can so yeah I still want to teach the world to, to breathe <laughs> And you are, you are doing it. You are, you are on that, that pathway because, mm-hmm. um, I know, I know one of the things, um, I saw recently that you'd put out, I don't know how recent it is, but your, your academy. My new website, my new academy, the space to breathe. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah. Tell, tell anyone who's listening about that. Cause I'm sure there's going to be a few people going, Oh, hello. I'd like to know more about this, this, this breathing yeah like more about how I can use it in my life and how it's going to benefit me and Esther sounds amazing so tell us more about so, that so yeah I mean it's come out of the idea that you know we I mean how many times when you're busy you're busy in your life and you're rushing around you think I haven't even got time to breathe mm, yeah we actually say um and I think that we see, you know, we see giving ourselves space to do what we need to do for our own well-being as being indulgent. And, you know, it's, it's locking yourself away in the bath for an hour and refusing to let anybody talk to you or it's taking yourself off for a spa day or whatever. But self-care can be as simple as just giving yourself a couple of minutes to breathe. Yeah, definitely. That, just that, if you did that, if all you did was give yourself five minutes every day to just focus your mind on your breath and take some really deep nourishing breath your life is going to improve and that is literally that all you need to do you can do a lot more but if you did that you would see huge benefits in your mental your physical well-being your sense of yourself your clarity of thought your sleep everything everything would improve everything including your relationships with all the people around you and your ability to be present with them and so and, you know, following on from what we talked about, I know it was a long time we talked about it, and I haven't really done what I thought I was going to do after we talked, but this is, it was that seed that got planted that actually I wanted to create space where I could just teach people that, that power that there is to be found in connecting to their breath, to learning how to breathe better, or just developing that awareness of your breath, because you becoming aware of your breath can change things because if you notice that your breath is really shallow then you're probably stressed so maybe you need to slow your breath down a little bit and if you that you're feeling sluggish and lacking in energy you can you can do it something you know take a few deep breaths and you'll give yourself a bit of a boost so there is so much power to be found in learning to connect with your breath to learning to breathe better that I wanted to really teach that to people so I've created the space to breathe academy um and I love the I, space to breathe just it's, it's brilliant you can come and breathe it's genius I'm quite jealous I didn't think of it to be honest <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no I'm joking it's your it's totally your mission it's <laughs> so so there I, I mean I've got I, I just I can work with people one-to-one you know like we're doing through zoom we can do a lot through here and um, I'm also there's a, a group program that I'm going to be running nice. in to coincide with actually your podcast which I didn't realize at the time but also um it'll be um tying in with stress awareness month so stress uh, April is stress awareness month so I wanted to start this on April the 1st so that stress awareness month I can be talking about how that you can reduce your stress through learning to breathe because I am living proof of that i'm pretty sure that i wouldn't be sober or, or smoke free if it wasn't for learning to breathe because it gave me those tools it gives you tools to to manage your emotions um yeah it's a good thing to do <laughs> yeah no it's amazing and i and talking to you today what i'm what i'm realizing kind of just just listening to you knowing a little bit about your journey um it kind of goes back to what I said before that you have, you have that energy that wants to go, 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 go. And, and taking time to breathe and tuning into the power of the breath has, has given you a counter to that. Mm. So you've got that sort of yin and yang energy, but also you, you mentioned that you at one stage were always in fight or flight. And of course there's that 
phenomenally wise saying that fear is just excitement without the breath. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's almost maybe as if you've turned a little bit of that inherent fight or flight fear response into excitement through breath. I'm sure that's only a small part of it, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you, you, it, it yeah, is. Does that resonate? I, I certainly, it's funny, because whenever I start talking about the breath, I become very aware that I get very excited. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't exactly sound <laughs> because I do, I get very excited and I'm very like, oh, you know, do all this, you can do, and I do get, I, 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 I have to really consciously slow my breath down sometimes and say, actually, you sounded like a mad woman, now calm it <laughs> Because I do get so excited. I, I think it's just, it is something so simple and it's not something you need any specialist equipment for. You don't need to be in a particular place. I've been in um, traffic, early morning commuter traffic, which I don't experience very often. So I tend to get a bit like, ah, what's going on when I get stuck in commuter traffic? And this one time I was on my way to a networking meeting and I knew I was going to be turning up late. And you know, previously that would have got me agitated and stressed. And all I did for 20 minutes when I was stuck in the traffic, I had some music on, but I was just focusing on my breath. I wasn't obviously not with my eyes shut, but just breathing, being really conscious of how I was breathing. I felt amazing. I turned up 10 minutes late. I just walked in and I'm like, hey, I'm fine. Just felt so calm. And I just thought all of these people around me who were all in their cars with you every day doing this, every day, probably hating every second of it, they could just focus on their breath yeah. enough to work in a completely different mindset and they would they would change their day and I just think it's so important that people know that they've got this definitely it should be something that we're taught in school yeah. my next campaign definitely <laughs> yeah no I love that I, I was going to um share with you and whoever hears this episode as well that um one of the one of the most significant things I was taught as a craniosacral therapist when I did my craniosacral training and actually when I did some of my shiatsu stuff working with babies particularly and adults actually but but with babies was to talk was to really find out more about um what the quality of the first breath was like when they come into the world because it has um it has an impact on on the whole pattern of your life in terms of your energy levels and your shock responses and it's i mean it's clearly a whole other subject that maybe we can talk about another Ooh, time. we need to talk but, about this yeah it popped into my head <laughs> when i was listening to you because i I can remember when I discovered how significant that first breath was, how much it staggered me. It's so I love that you've honed in on this as your core message that you're really clear about that you, you literally live and breathe this message. (laughs) I love the fact that it's, something simple simple doable simple new word combining simple <laughs> doable um I, you know, I love the fact that you're sharing something that's really accessible for anybody no matter where they're at because mm-hmm. at some you know at one point in life what you needed was something simple and accessible yeah so yeah i just i love it yeah it's, it's just brilliant thank you thank you for sharing all of that oh thank you <laughs> um, so so I think probably your biggest learning would be that <laughs> about breathing. Probably don't absolutely. Yeah, up. absolutely. I mean, I can, I could spend the next hour listing all the lessons I've learned in the last few years. I expect. Yeah. But if I was to pick one, it would be that, that, you know, you, you, you've got it. You, you've got it in these two lungs of yours. You've got so much power to yeah. make your life better in the moment and in the longer term. And you, you know, we, we don't have to be so overwhelmed by our emotions. It does only take a couple of breaths to just yeah. come back out of that stress mode. And once you, you know, when you're in this, when you're in stress, you can't think clearly. You can't look at a situation objectively when you're feeling stress. But if you take those breaths, you can look at it more objectively, get the emotional stuff out of the way and you can actually see solutions. And it, 
it does transform how you manage the situation. So I know that we could talk a lot more and you could share a lot more, but I think it's really good to leave people wanting more. And, mm-hmm. and I think you've done an amazing job of, of giving people a flavour of what's possible. So mm-hmm. um, with that in mind, where can, people, where can people find out more about what you're doing and get in touch with you? So if you go to spacetobreatheacademy.com, um, then you will find me. There's, um, there's a blog and um, uh, there's also a 10-day, five, minute, five minutes of breath. I keep forgetting what I called it, but I think it is just as simple as five minutes of breath or five minutes to breathe challenge where you're just going to get five, literally five minutes. I've used a timer on the video to make sure it doesn't go over five minutes. A five-minute breathing practice, daily emails to just give you a bit of reflection and a bit of encouragement to, to stick with the practice for 10 days. So in 10 days of five minutes of sitting with your breath, hopefully you'll be able to see the benefits that you can get from it. So you can sign up for that and you start getting emails straight away. And there is also a um, Facebook group um, which you can join as well, which is um, Space to Breathe. Um, if you go to the website, there'll be a link on there to, to join that group and you can come in and have a chat with me. Awesome. That's brilliant. Thank you so, so much for that. And um, I have to say as well, in relation to, we kind of underplayed it a little bit, but I will just say that everything I've ever read that you've written is astonishing your writing is actually really powerful as well i love your writing so so if anyone does check you out they're not just going to get to learn how to be more present and to breathe more with more awareness um they will also find writing that just touches their heart oh thank you there you go very much (laughs) thank you very much See, so you started making me want to cry. <laughs> we, we're ending where we started. It's like a perfect circle of complete. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so, so much. Thank you, darling. We'll speak again soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Turning Point Project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author or join the free magical life movement at HelenRebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.